The scout joining us now on Locked On NBA. NBA scout paid by an NBA team comes on our show anonymously to give us his scoop on what he's seeing around the league. It's a unique opportunity only to Locked On NBA and Locked On Podcast Network. Scout, thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. I am glad to be off punishment and be back on the air. You were never on punishment. Um, but we've always loved you. The, and your dry sense of humor. The I want to go teams first. We'll do players and coaches uh, as the show goes on. What's the best team you've seen this year? And when were they the best? Um, there are times that Golden State's best team. Um, they've probably been the most... Of all the games I've seen, they've probably been the most dominant at times that they want to be. And um, there are days that it's enjoyable to watch them play. And so I'll, I'll stick with that answer. It seems like an easy answer, but there's um, there's been a lot of games that throughout the year where I see like Denver playing really well for 30 minutes, like two nights ago, or um, earlier in the year when they played Golden State, or uh, and there's you know there's times that um, that the Rockets look like they're unbeatable because they make every shot, but they don't necessarily impress you as a, a great team all the time. So I guess uh, I'm going to take the easy way out and say Golden State when they want to be. The best team I've seen this year was an early season version of Toronto. They were so fast. They just ran by you. They they had waves of players coming at you. It felt awesome. Uh, with or without Kawhi, frankly. I don't see that still out of them. Do you? No. I would say that uh, I saw them in an early season game against Boston that went to overtime and was a good game. Both teams were engaged, and um, I saw Toronto at Utah, and they looked pretty good um, at that time. But you know, it's so hard because you catch them on a night where Kawhi doesn't play, and and they've had injuries, and like the up and downness of a marathon that is the NBA. It's hard to pick out a time, but um, they have a chance to when If everybody's healthy, they look pretty good. And I haven't seen them really since the trade deadline. And I think some of their depth may be different since the, since the trade deadline because a couple of those guys I thought were pretty good players that they lost. Yeah, I didn't – I don't like um... – I didn't like the Marcus Ole Jonas Valanciunas trade. Marcus Ole is actually the least efficient center in the entire NBA, and he's slow. I I didn't think it worked well for them. I didn't I didn't quite get it. Yeah, um, I've been a part of organizations where you trade for where we have traded for players who uh, used to be good, and you always want them to be on your team, and you remember them from them. And I think. Saul's obviously on a downward trend, 
in his career, and um, he does have the passing skills. He probably is a better three-point threat than Valanciunas, but Valanciunas um, you could depend on to be a physical presence. You could depend on him to rebound the ball, depend on him to score in the post, and I don't know that Gasol really does that anymore, and he rolls less, and he he is slow, and you have to wait for him. And um, but you know it's all for uh, April and May and June, and you know whether you can manage him to keep him healthy and fresh at that time, where he can be help in the back, and you think that you have a really good defensive center, team defensive center in the back of your defense, and then you have Kawhi on the wing, and um, think you feel like in the playoffs when the game slows down the defense matters more and so maybe that's that's a help. But I've always been a big uh Valentinus fan and he's in his prime versus being past your prime. You know, it's interesting, Toronto, by the way, final three minutes of a game within three points. So it's not a great sample size, but they've actually played um they've actually played the third most amount of minutes of anyone in the league. So it's not a terrible sample size. The only teams that are worse than them offensively, Miami, New York, Atlanta, Dallas, Orlando, Minnesota, New Orleans, Memphis, and Chicago. Like, of the good teams, they are the worst or tied for the worst offensive team in the final three minutes. And by a large margin, they're in 96.4. The middle of that pack is a 110, and the top of that pack is a 120-130. So they are considerably poor worse than why is it that Toronto is not a good final three minute team close game team last you know one possession game team I would ask if that is different than last year first and secondly I would say that that up for you okay you can look that up while I expound but um it is not. It is not different than last year. They were. They were terrible last year as well. Okay. Um, the three to four close games I saw this year that went in those situations, they passed the ball to Kawhi and stood around and waited for him to try to make a shot. And I think some of that happened last year with DeRozan and um, Lowry is a. Lowry can be a really good player, but in the games, it seems like he's often worn down. And he has a tendency to take some really hard shots that he believes he can make. But um, I, that's what I've seen. It's interesting. It, it is a two-year trend. They were equally as bad. They were the worst good team late in games last year as well. So it'll be interesting to see. Nick Nurse hasn't changed any of that. They're not better offensively. They're not better defensively than they were um, a year ago, so it should be interesting. Kyle Lowry this year in the final three minutes of a game within 3.7 of 24 shooting. So maybe you're on to something there, Scout. Last year, Kyle Lowry uh, was 5 of 14. DeRozan took 61 shots in that circumstance. Lowry only took 14. Serge Ibaka last year was 1 of 14. So maybe maybe you know what you're talking about, Scout. Um, which Philadelphia, Boston... I don't know, maybe Oklahoma City, 
Which of those teams do you think has a flip to switch that makes them different and a better playoff team than they are currently? Um, you said Oklahoma. I say Philadelphia. What is it you're seeing? Um, what is it you see in the, the main zone? thing with Philly is just that uh, they're in the midst of a little load management this time, and they have some new guys they're incorporating still into the flow where they're all playing together and they all are learning how they fit together and the coach is learning. And I think they have a, a clutch player in Jimmy Butler who will shots in at the end of the game that um, allows them to, if they can play close, you know, the elite center in indeed. And then you have Tobias Harris who can stretch the floor. You have Ben Simmons pushed like I think um, the only thing that's been disconcerting is that the games when J.J. Reddick, and this is not statistically based, only from observation, but the games when J.J. Reddick doesn't play great, they can struggle. And I think some of that is... Um, you know, really, one more shooter. I think that was kind of the thing that they may have missed at the trade deadline. Thought Tobias Harris was great pickup, and he helped them. But I think the two guys that left them early in Sarge and in Covington, they would like to have back. And obviously, you can't have everything, but they're still a great or uh, very good switchable defender like Covington away from, you know, being, could be a dominant team. Like they had, they had some depth throughout, but I think there's, there's a one more piece. Um, are you content with, like when Ben Simmons sits out the other night against Orlando and TJ McConnell plays an extremely high number of minutes, are you, you know, are you an injury away from being not so good? The uh, Boston Celtics, do you think that, that they get rid of all their stuff? Um, For the playoffs? Yeah. I think they've tried to reset three or four times this year and haven't been able to do it. So I, um, I don't know that it's there be able to do that. Um, I think Oklahoma City has two really good players. Russ is obviously struggling from three, and that's a weakness for them when you have, uh, I think Jeremy Grant has had a great year, and he's helped them a lot because he can make some of the corner threes, but I, I don't trust their depth at all of their quality of players. And I think that's been a consistent thing for them for a couple of years. Um, and I don't remember the other team you mentioned if there was another one. I've got one more team I'll ask you a question about. We'll come back. We'll talk MVP as well as we continue. It's the Scout, NBA Scout, higher brand NBA team. Joining us 
here on the program with his insight and expertise. It is the Locked On Podcast Network. MLB launched this week. Major League Baseball opening day today. If you've got a favorite Major League Baseball team, we have a Locked On Podcast for you. Go search it on the brand new app, Himalaya, which is in a confluent excuse me, in a confusing world of podcasting and the rest. It is a great to have something like Himalaya out there with its great search features, its super curated playlist for you, and more. Check out the Himalaya app and download the Himalaya app now and get your favorite Locked On podcasts. Go Oakland A's. Scout, the Denver Nuggets have no playoff experience. They have been just super uh, this year. They have been statistically fortunate. I'm not sure that that matters. Um, it might be to their credit. Late games, teams have, have surprisingly missed a high level of shots against them. Um, they've, they've had some other things. But they're good. They're really, really, really good. They have no playoff experience. Do you, how do you view them as a playoff team? Uh, I think it's going to be all about matchups with them um, in the first round, like they're a team that I feel like haven't watched them recently that um, they could, you know, they could be a first round victim and, you know, have to go through that, that learning process. The one guy who has some experience is Millsap and um, they just worry me as a team, as a watch because, their two best players can lose focus. And and when I say two best players, say Jokic and Jamal Murray, uh, and they're the ones that handle the ball a lot, but you can you just see them throughout the game, and if they have 30 possessions where they have the ball or more, but we'll use 30 as an example. If they have 30, there's five times that they'll just do something that Maybe the game, they feel like the game's easy for them or they just lost concentration and focus that they'll just do something, whether it's Jokic going behind his back and between his legs and then trying to make a pass off the backboard. And you're like, what? And you see Coach Malone saying, you know, what the heck is going on? Or you see Jamal Murray just pull up and shoot a three, untimely three. Like those in the playoffs possessions get magnified. And I don't know that. They're ready for that yet. I think, you know, they'd be, as they continue to grow, like it's one of those things where they could be a really good team that's competing for a championship in two years, or they could be the Orlando Magic when they had Dwight and Turkaloo and those guys, and um, they thought it was going to be easy. So I get a little bit, Nervous are first or LeBron's first time to the finals in Cleveland where you think it's pretty easy and you get a chance like if things break right, they could make the Western Conference or they can make the NBA finals. If things go wrong, they can be a first round knockout. Uh they have so many guys who have performed very well and maybe above what's expected. And then like I said, the so when the lights change and the possessions matter do those guys get better or do they revert to something else it might just be because they're all playing western conference teams and western conference offenses are so much better than eastern conference offenses 
But it's interesting to me on the Western Conference playoff teams that since January 1, so that's the last 40 games, Clippers ranked 12th defensively, Portland 13th, Oklahoma City 14th, Golden State 15th, Denver 16th, Houston 18th, San Antonio 20th. Is there... Are the, is that concerning to the seven of the eight Western Conference playoff teams that they are all average to below average defensively for the last 40 games? Um, one would think, but it's at the top of the West. The West is the greatest conference in the world, according to certain podcasters, and the most dominant conference, blah, blah. Like, I guess the offense works, but um, yeah, I think it's concerning, but they only have to worry about themselves until they play the more dominant Eastern Conference defensive teams. Do you have a, it, it looks as though it'll be either Utah, Oklahoma City, Clippers, or San Antonio that would play a Denver. Do you have any of those teams that you think are a particularly bad matchup for Denver? Yeah, I think you just named like seven teams. Um, no, I named four. I, I uh, I think all of them are potentially. I think they are a better group than San Antonio because of guard play. I think their guards are much better than San Antonio's. Um, but San Antonio has, except for the guards, has some experience, obviously, in the playoffs. Um, I think that uh, Utah would give them a lot of trouble. All right, who's your MVP? Um, I would I would say if we're characterizing most important player on the team, it'd be uh, Giannis. If you're saying uh, who's the best player in the league, I'd say Harden. I don't know how you want to uh, characterize MVP. I want valuable. I don't want best or important. I want valuable. Well, um, I've often said that if you get it and you say you remove them from their team, how important or how poorly their team would be, I think you have to put Paul George in that mix too this year. Um, You know, with Harden, you still have Chris Paul when he's healthy. You still have Ed Gordon when he's healthy. Um, with Milwaukee, after Giannis, their whole team is built around Giannis. And so my only issue with Giannis is that if you're the best player in the NBA, you shouldn't have a glaring weakness or two. And so if we're making it the most valuable player I say the most valuable player to his team is Giannis because without him, they're just a bunch of three-point shooters. They don't have the drivers because everything is built so that Giannis can drive the ball. But because of his weakness in not being able to shoot threes and be a threat, um, I think you know Harden is the best player going. Uh, who Tim Bontemps, ESPN, did an interesting piece of the second-year players. Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons, they're calling him second-year, 
and De'Aaron Fox. Who would you want as your piece for the future? Uh, De'Aaron Fox. How come? And he was fourth, but uh, I think he's dynamic in his play, which um, two of those guys are. I think he he has uh, leadership skills, which two of those players have. I think he he he's the only one who has a true position and can play his position on both ends of the floor and affect the game because of his uh, speed and his ability to be the best player at his position on the floor. He doesn't. You can fit a lot of people playing with him. A lot of different people playing with him with, um, I believe Tatum is a complimentary player so far, as he's shown. I think he's he's a really good second or third best player. I think Mitchell is a really good player, and I would never say anything bad about a Utah Jazz player. I think he's a really good player. Um, And Simmons is obviously because of his size. He uh, can affect the game, but I think Fox is the easiest to plug into any team and have an immediate impact because of the way he plays and the fact that um, the only guy, uh, Mitchell is the only guy close in terms of maybe the leadership part of it, but I think his team feeds off him and the organization feeds off him where uh, would Mitchell be the same player if he doesn't have Rudy behind him or um, he doesn't have Rubio getting the ball or whatever it is, but I think Fox having the ball in his hands and affecting the game defensively, that's my guy. When I read the article, actually, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, and I mean, I think Donovan's pretty fabulous and Ben Simmons is pretty fabulous. Um, when I read the article, I actually had a lot of those same thoughts that Donovan is probably going to have to figure out how to be a point guard before it's done. And that's not what he naturally does well. And then Ben Simmons still has a significant flaw that he's going to have to figure out. And so I actually had a lot of those same thoughts. I I think that's, I think that's a worthwhile thought for people to chew on. Uh, today's show is brought to you in part by wise wise makes great technology at affordable prices. I mean like $20 for an all in one 1080 P HD smart home camera. It's so cheap. I might even just send it to the scout as a favor, as a, as a thank you. Then he can watch his cats and his dogs around the house. If he had babies, but they've grown. So he doesn't, um, around. It's really incredible. You can get it on, uh, all sorts of, uh, check it out and get reviews of it. It's W Y Z E cam. It's 1999, $19.99 for an all-in-one 1080p home uh, camera. does it all. It can watch, you know, whatever whatever it is you really want to look at, keep an eye on, whether it's your packages outside your front door, whether it's maybe it's the baby upstairs, maybe it's your pets when you're away. Whatever it is, it's absolutely amazing. You can get it at wyze.com slash locked. That's wyze.com slash locked. 
That'll get you the guaranteed lowest price, and it's $20 right now. Free rolling 14-day cloud storage, no subscriptions. It's pronounced WISE, but it's spelled W-Y-Z-E. Check it out. It's pretty amazing. W-Y-Z-E dot com slash locked. We are going to go through the entire offseason hearing about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Anthony Davis. Um, how good do you think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to be? I could tell you, but you have to pay me for it. That's... No, I'm just sending you. A cam- um, I'm just sending you a wise camera instead. Okay. Um, I mean, that seems like you know, like I'm always willing to get you gifts. You're the one who doesn't want to take them. I think um, with the Boston players and. You can even throw in Rogier in there. I think those guys all played well collectively last year because they were young, athletic, had nothing to lose, played their butts off when it was playoff time and showed that, you know, they have an athletic ability. All, each each of those three, uh, when I watch Jalen Brown, I see a guy that, kind of like we talked about Denver, Guy that can lose focus at times um, when the game is up and down, and we're just hooping. He's a pretty good player. Athleticism stands out. He leaks out, makes easy scores. Um, when he is responsible defensively, when he is um, required to make plays off the bounce versus a set defense or be a consistent three-point shooter, I think he has struggled at those based on my viewings only. Um, With Tatum, I think he's, again, uh, a really good third player. And I think – I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, um, I don't know that every player figures that out. It took Kyrie this time to figure that out that, you know, he struggled when he was the guy in Cleveland until LeBron came. And last year, Boston had success without him when it mattered. And now, you know, the rumors are that he's going somewhere to play with someone. I think it's okay to be a really good Robin. Like, Scotty Pippen was a really good Robin like a Hall of Fame level Robin. And Kyrie can be that type of guy. Like, uh, is Clay Thompson, can he beat Batman if he leaves? Probably not. You know, but uh, Steph and KD have both shown they can beat Batman. And if Batman and Robin get together in New York, as is rumored with Kyrie and KD, then Kyrie will be a better player. But when he's the best player, he hasn't, he hasn't proven to rise of the level of his teammates play. He's still a really good player. Can be a dominant player when the ball's in his hand. But um you know, he's had that time this year to lead his team and be the guy and there are a lot more times where it seems like um he doesn't want to be that. Um yes about Anthony Davis, I think Anthony Davis is he was benefited by playing with LeBron and, um, or in another good player. 
and he, he's had unbelievable statistical years, and he's raised the level of play with the guys around him because of the attention that he gets. Um, but I, I think it'd be interesting if that trade goes down to uh, to the Lakers or to the Celtics. How how it all goes together if Kyrie stays, if Kyrie leaves, it's gonna be interesting. Summer, like you said. Uh, NBA All Team, All NBA Team. The guards are or five of the first guards. If you believe Russell Westbrook deserves first team, are clear. I think that's debatable, but the rest of the country doesn't. Uh, so in likelihood that fi- final guard spot is Bradley Beal, Kemba Walker, Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, maybe De'Aaron Fox. Who would you put in the, as the fifth all NBA guard? Kemba. Even though they are, well, I guess there's charging. They've won five or six in a row, but. Even though they are a sub five hundred team in the Eastern Conference, uh, he's he's the guy carrying that team that's even got him close to the playoffs. You mean the fact that Marvin Williams is his second best player? If you want to believe that, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't think uh, I, I, I'm not sure I do believe that. But who's Charlotte's second best player? Uh, um, I don't know that answer. And the next best player uh, has been Jeremy Lamb. He's kept him in the playoffs. And... Right, Jeremy Lamb, who they don't start anymore. <laughs> is their second best player. Uh, Miles Bridges is my favorite. I'll leave it at that. I like Miles Bridges, too. Uh, I just needed to know who Charlotte's second best player is. That's kind of why Kimball Walker gets my vote. Okay, fair. I'm kind of that group. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. I'm agreeing a little bit. Um... Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert for third team center? Assuming, Rudy Gobert. Assuming you're going Embiid, you're going go, are you going Gobert ahead of Jokic or Embiid? You didn't give me that choice. I'm I am now giving you that opportunity. <laughs> um, I'd say uh, Embiid, Jokic, Gobert, Cat. Okay. Um. De'Aaron Fox. Because, because I know most of our audience is Utah. And I don't want Actually, to, this is the national show. I don't want to hurt. I this, don't want to hurt. This is the I don't national want to hurt show. Any of this is this is the you know the, this is not that is not true. This is this is the national show. The audience is large and just all across the country. So you don't have to be pandering to the Utah audience. They 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 can get over it. Um, De'Aaron Fox was probably the breakout young player this year. Who have you seen recently? that you think it might have clicked in for that next year will be a much better player than they were this year? Hmm. Um, I think as long as the ball's healthy and there's less drama around his team, I, I think more sophomores than rookies. Okay. Um, I think Luke Kennard, has uh, has that ability. I think as he gets more and more time, and he has come on as the year's gone, uh, I think he's a, a talented player. I'm uh, a fan there. Um, 
those two stick out um, immediately. If you want to throw some suggestions around. Um, no, I think that, I mean, the, the idea that it's a second-year player going into a third is actually right. Most most first-year players don't make a jump in their second year. That What De'Aaron Fox has done is super unusual this year. It's usually second-year players jump to their third year. Um, I, I really believe that the sequence is that a rookie fails at a bunch of things and then tries to get better at those things in the offseason and fails at them again a second time and then finally figures out, okay, well, I can't do those things in this league. It's too good and does the other things that they're good at, and that's when they make their jump from year two to year three. So I would um, – the idea that you're looking at a Luke Kennard or, or someone of that sort makes a makes a lot of st- sense to me. Um, I hate to, I hate that we're agreeing so much today. I know. Um, Monte Morris had an unbelievable jump this year where I think he could be included in a group of most improved players um, because he didn't get to play or was in the G League last year. And um, I think he he showed, just like you said, if you spend some time, Malik Beasley is, um, you know, he's up and down, but has been incredibly efficient. I know your stats guy, so I'm sure you can tell me that he's shooting incredibly high at the rim as well as at the three. Um, and that's all that matters in the NBA now. Um, I, those are the guys that stick out as rookies. Again, I go back to uh, Miles Bridges. I think he'll have a, a really good year next year. And as he started near the end of the year and played more minutes, I think he's proved uh, how good he can be. Um, so that, that's a that's kind of a guy there that I think a lot of. And you know, if Mitchell Robinson gets some other good players around him, as it is rumored to happen, then you know he has a chance to uh, continue to improve. And he's a more athletic Rudy Gobert. If that's fair, like he affects the game when he's there. He's the best player I've seen in a while and maybe ever at blocking three point shots. And I don't know what the stats are, but he can block three point shot and not foul as much as guys who are smaller than him would be prone to do at times because. Um, because of his length and because of his athleticism, but he has, he has, he's very special in, in that. And he blocks shots at the rim and he affects shots in the paint, but his ability to block shots on the perimeter has really stood out to me this year. And, um, I think he's a, a diamond in the rough because his offense is very limited, but he has a chance to make a big, big jump. Uh, the two names I would have thrown out there probably uh, were Bam out of Bayou. I might have mentioned. I feel like he's kind of breaking through a little bit. And Derek White in San Antonio, I think, can be really good. Uh, I'm a Bam fan. And I think he'll – I think that's a good one. I think he'll, he'll have a good year next year. And um, I think the only thing holding him back right now is – but they have to play white side right. a lot. Yep. Um, but I think Bam has a, an underrated skill set 
being able to handle the ball and to shoot the ball and plays hard and plays with an attacking mentality. Well, I appreciate Grayson the- Allen. Grayson Allen, based on his G League performance last night, he just get a little time in Utah. You never know what happens with him. There you go, pandering to the Utah audience again. You must be coming to town soon and want a free lunch or something. It is the scout. I'll get you your wise camera and send it to you. Then you can have it. It works with Alexa. It's got motion tagging. It's got all sorts of cool little features, by the way. You can check it from your phone. You can keep an eye on your house, see what's going on. You travel a little bit. It's probably good for you. I, probably should, get, I should get this for you. There's nobody at my house, so hopefully when I'm gone. Well, that's, maybe that's good. It's motion sensor. <laughs> clicks on. You know it is. Then all continuous recording. You can keep an eye on it. All right. Scout, you're the best. I will talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Appreciate the time. Thank you.